not broken, I am thrilled about today's episode. I have Andrea and Dustin with me and they are going to be sharing their story. And let me just tell you right now, you are going to want to lean in and be ready because these two are fun, they're real, they're authentic, and they're ready to take us on a journey with them. So, hi guys. Hello. How Hello. are you today? We're good. We're super <laughs> excited to be here. Yeah. We're say the same thing. I love it. Thing. I love Thank it. Thank you for having us. We're yes. excited to share some of our story. And That's good. Yeah. Let's just good. share everything that the Lord has done. So. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. So, we kind of met through mutual friends, mm-hmm. basically. And then, I don't even know if I've told you guys this. Um, but Susan Kiefer is one of yeah. our favorite people in the world. Yes. So shout out to Susan. If you know her, she is your prayer warrior. She is yes. your encourager. We love Susan. Yeah. Yes. So she is um, part of our prayer team for Baron Not Broken. Mm-hmm. And so one day she was texting me and she was like, do you know? And like, you should hear their story. And it's so incredible. And so I was like, God, those names sound familiar. So I went and like did the, you know, like Instagram yes. stalking. Uh-huh. Um, and so then we connected and just kind of like got reconnected basically because mm-hmm. we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And yeah. um, so it was really cool to have her make that connection um, because I honestly didn't know your story. Like we've been in multiple social environments mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. but this is just goes to show like you never know what people are walking mm-hmm. through. Right. Yeah. And um, so I just was like, honestly shocked and that wow how did I not know this like how was I not like aware and so it also gave me a huge reminder of like be aware of the people that are brought into your atmosphere because you never know how your stories could collide and like Mm -hmm. be open to conversation that you might not otherwise have so Mm -hmm. you guys really have done that for me of like just coming back and being connected again of just remembering like you never know where people are and like just be aware like be yeah. open to f- discovering new things about people because mm-hmm. um, who knows we could have walked together a little differently like yeah. along the path so um, no regrets obviously yeah. but definitely glad to have you guys here today so tell us just a little bit about yourselves how you met your marriage how long you've been married all that good stuff yeah so that's a great question and we love <laughs> we love we sharing lo- it <laughs> we love our love story that's and great I'm more of a romantic than Andrea is but just a little bit <laughs> Uh, we actually met in, see, I was in high school and Andrew was in college. Wow. It was only a, she, I mean, she was a freshman in college. Okay. I was a senior high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like this huge not gap. Not a huge gap. <laughs> but the gap from a high schooler to, to see a college girl, you know, yeah. feels like it's a chasm that's super wide. Uh, <laughs> but me and a, me and my twin brother and my best friend um, from high school, we decided to go visit my sister awesome. uh, at Murray State University. She was in college there. And lo and behold, night number one, I see a beautiful girl uh, who she's my sister's roommate. Oh. And uh, I see her. I turn to my my buddy Trevor and I said, Trevor, I just found my wife. Uh oh. One of those. (laughs) Uh Just calling it out. And so, I mean, I was shooting for the moon and I guess it landed well. But little did he know. So I was roommates with his sister and Dustin is an identical twin. Okay. So I, you know, obviously was living in the same room as you. I saw pictures of him and I always thought he was so cute and just (laughs) never said anything to her. And then um, when he came up to, because it was actually at a fish fry party that we were at in college and um his sister didn't know this but I was like secretly so excited to meet her (laughs) brother and there he was and I mean the feelings were I would say mutual oh for Um, sure so we definitely just uh 
Yeah, so fast forward dating. three years, and we, we started dating towards the very end of college. We got married our, with one semester left, wow. uh, graduated together in 2013, and then uh, moved to St. Louis. And That's where I'm from. He's yeah. from Kentucky. Okay. I'm from Kentucky. I grew up right. in Kentucky. Uh, but we were in St. Louis for two years there, and uh, that's where Andrew's family's from. And, yeah. And then she had some family that moved down to Texas, and um, that's where we heard about an opportunity to come work at Gateway Church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got a phone call and asked to come down and interview. Awesome. And so we came down and interviewed, and the rest is history. Now I've you're been here. On, I've now been in Texas. Staff. And our whole family is here, surprisingly. Oh, I mean, my parents awesome. just moved down wow. back in April, and my brother and his wife live in McKinney. Wow. Um, so the Lord's been even faithful, even in that little yeah. area of just bringing everybody to Texas. That's I would awesome. have never thought we would move to Texas, but here we are. Texas four years forever, in. baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we love it. I'm still on staff at Gateway, and uh-huh. Andrea is, she's pursuing her master's in marriage and family therapy awesome. from TKU. I love uh, it. So it's been great, and we've been married a total of seven years now we're going on year number eight and uh but it's not been it's not been the smoothest you know there's been parts that have been difficult and yeah we're Mm -hmm. excited to share about some of some of that yeah today um what is so cool first of all i didn't know you were a twin jason's a twin as well okay um and what i think is so cool is um, just watching you guys as we're sitting here, um, I can tell. I can tell you're the romantic there, but also um, there's such a genuineness about your love, and I'm sure that that will display itself as you guys share your story. Mm-hmm. But I just I want to communicate that to the listeners because they don't get to see mm-hmm. your faces, um, and I just you guys have such a genuineness about your love and your care for each other. And I think when you've walked through things like what you guys are going to share with us today, mm-hmm. you have to find a solidity in, in a steadiness in your love. Yeah. And when it becomes friendship and love, there is something that anchors it in. And I see yeah. that in you guys. And yeah. so I just wanted to say, like, first of all, thank you for displaying that. Mm-hmm. Because um, when we're talking about infertility and we're talking about you know, trying to conceive and building your family. Yeah. Um, that's the the very thing that tries to be shaken and that's yeah. where brokenness can come yeah. in first. And so with Baron Not Broken, like our community is really about like honing in on how do we have a healthy relationship right. in the midst of walking through these yeah. like very traumatic things. Mm-hmm. So for someone who has not walked with you in your story closely, I just want to say you can see that you guys have anchored that in um, in coming to the current state that you are in it. So it's really beautiful. Yeah. So thank I just wanted you. to encourage you yeah, guys Yeah, thank in you that. so much. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, you've been married, you got married, and like you probably most couples, like have your dreams and your plans, you moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been married when you moved to Texas? Uh, three it was years? three years. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. I think so, two and a half, but yeah, three yeah. Okay. Years. So tell us a little bit, you get married, like what was your conversation like around having kids? You know, everybody yeah. has, you know, the plan. Oh, right? I oh, definitely yeah. had a plan. <laughs> I am the world's biggest planner. I had everything just perfectly planned out. You know, yeah. when we moved here, I was like, Dustin has his dream job working yeah. at this amazing church yeah. and all these things. And then we get a house and then, yeah. you know, there's all these rooms to fill yeah. with children. And, yeah. and so for, in my mind's, and just how we even talked, we were always pretty much on the same page mm-hmm. um, with when we wanted to start a family. Yeah. Um, but I would say we had been in our house for like three months. And I was like, oh, 
now's the time. Now's like, the time. Right. The house. <laughs> like that's what everybody else does. Once they have a house, they yep. start having kids. And mm, so yeah. yeah, we started our journey in October. October 2016. Mm. Yeah. But we moved into the house July. And so you're right. It was like right around three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then that conversation started to where we had talked about it before, but it was just such a year of transition moving from, yeah, there's a lot yeah. from St. Louis all the yeah. way down to Texas. And there's just a lot of life transition. So yeah. We didn't think it'd be great to start then at that point. Yeah. And so we, we got our feet underneath this and then started trying. I think the original number that Andrea had, that you had mentioned was six (laughs) because you liked the idea. She loved the idea of even numbers so that we could have family sporting events. Oh, there you go. We're both very competitive. (laughs) So I'm like always thinking of like, how would games like, (laughs) we have to have an even number. But we're both, we're both, we both have two siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm one of three and, and she's one of three. And so mm-hmm. I knew that, I think we've settled with, we've settled with three. two or three, okay. uh, you know, maybe four if, if something were to happen, I don't know yeah. if we got pregnant with triplets or something. Yeah. But, yeah. There you, know. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out quick. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just, I guess we'll just dive into yeah, like, go a little for bit it. of our go journey. For it. Um, so since I am such a planner, I'm also really impatient when things don't my way. I mean, I'm not like that at all. Oh, so yeah, I, I cannot know. relate. I cannot relate. <laughs> so we started in October of 2016. Yeah. And you know, we're just, we're actively trying yeah. for months. And for me and with my family's past, like no one really struggled with any miscarriage or any infertility. So yeah. I really had no yeah. anticipation of walking through this. And, yeah. um, and as far as my cycle and all those things, like everything was yeah. very normal. I yeah. never had any issues. And yeah. so I really thought, man, this is going to happen gonna in be like easy. six months or yeah. whatever. And yeah. nine months kind of came around and that's when we started to, I started to get impatient because you know, so many people are like, well, you should wait until a year and yeah. then go see a right. fertility specialist. And I was like, that's stupid. I'm just going to wait yeah. or go now. Yeah. And I think we we're feeling it now. Yeah. Yeah, and let's exactly. go now. And I just couldn't handle the unknown because yeah. at this point I, you know, was seeing friends and family members yeah. get pregnant and it was starting to get really difficult for me um, mm. to just walk through that yeah, season. That's hard. Yeah. I was honestly thinking, I mean, no, no doubt if you'd have said, once, I, once we start trying, three months, yeah. three, four months, it's like, what it be? and I think yeah. you hear about so many young teenagers or something yeah. like that getting pregnant, and yeah. you know, it's their first time or something yeah. like that, yeah. and that we're just so nervous to not have sex without a condom on because yeah. we're like, we'll get pregnant, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you, you know, you start <laughs> so actively trying. you extreme of like, right. not letting it happen. Right, and because apparently like, oh, it happens all the time. Be easy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's real. That, that's, that's. Legit right there. Yeah. <laughs> so then nine months through, Andrea's like, you know, I think we should go see a specialist or see somebody. And just get checked out and yeah. like just, and you know, with being a planner, you have a checklist. Yeah. So I had a checklist. I'm yeah. like, okay, so we're going to go to this fertility place yeah. and we got all the tests done that they could do and it comes back and I'll never forget sitting in the office with, um, it was actually a different doctor than who mm-hmm. we originally went with through our IVF and mm-hmm. uh, IUIs, but mm-hmm. he just said... He's like, you know, the best possible outcome for y'all would be three different things. And I honestly, I forget the two things that he said, but the last thing he said, the best outcome would be, it would be unexplained infertility. Mm. And I was like, in my mind, I remember just thinking, that's so stupid. Like, why would that be the best outcome? Like, you know, naturally you just want to have all the answers. And for us, that was our diagnosis. We Mm. were unexplained infertility. There was nothing wrong on his, on Dustin's side, on my side. And so... When he said those words, I just remember thinking, okay, so 
there's just a big question mark over yeah, this. And yeah. There's no other test we can run. There's mm-hmm. no medicine that they can really give me to help anything because I don't right. need help yeah. in any area. Yeah. So um, at the same time, I was thankful that there was nothing yeah. wrong. Right. Um, so it's just, it was this hard um, thing to juggle of like being thankful that there's nothing wrong, but yeah. also really frustrated that we didn't have any yeah. answers. Yeah. So, so let me hone in on that a little bit because that's a really common thing. Mm-hmm. And it's something that um, if you look in the infertility world and community yeah. and Instagrams and, you know, blogs and whatever, it can it can be something that feels really isolating yeah. because you also feel guilty that you're mad that there's nothing wrong, but then yeah. you're glad there's nothing wrong. Yeah. We talk a lot on here about the collision of emotions mm-hmm. of infertility process. And I think this is one that is not always talked about and also um, not always given the space that it needs to yeah. be talked about. Mm-hmm. Because when you have unexplained infertility, basically they're telling you, we don't know what's wrong with you, right. um, You, but you can't have what you want. Yeah. yeah. And there's something so discouraging about that. And then how do you like reconcile that? Right. Yeah. So how did you guys reconcile? Okay, I'm glad there's nothing wrong, but I also am really insert whatever emotion might have yeah. been there that this is the case. Like and so how did you guys reconcile the two and not like feel guilty leaning into those feelings? Yeah. I feel like actually you more, you know, walked in the emotion yeah. of this is extremely frustrating. Yeah. Where I walked in the emotion of actually I think this is kind of great because you know, we could get pregnant any day. It's it's whenever yeah. the Lord decides or, right. or if he chooses to give us kids. Like, I would rather mm-hmm. them say, actually, everything checks out great. Just keep trying and eventually it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, part of that is, I think, me denying the mm, part of the emotion for me of, of going, I don't want to admit that something's mm-hmm. wrong. I, I would just prefer to believe that, mm. you know, everything is still well and that there's not actually an issue. It's just one of those happenstances where... Mm everything's good and we will get pregnant eventually, but for whatever reason, we just haven't yeah. yet. Whereas she's starting to just kind of process internally yeah. and I'm able to see the, the fears, mm-hmm. the frustrations yeah. that she's going through. And mm-hmm. I think for me, I just didn't want to dive into that right away. Yeah. 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 And I dove into That's it really nice. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. But um, isn't that kind of usually the case? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. just, again, I feel like I keep going back to that memory of sitting in that doctor's office, but I just mm-hmm. remember being like, so you can't do anything like, yeah. like obviously you could do IVF or IUIs, yeah. but like yeah. there is no medication to yeah. even help our, our diagnosis yeah. and stuff. And so I did dive into those emotions quickly and I just yeah. honestly was so frustrated mm. because there was no answer. And yes. I yeah. mean, I don't know anybody who likes to be confused or yeah. walking in the unknown, but, um, yeah, that's, you know. that's, Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to yeah. feel that exactly. way. Everybody, you know, needs answers or even just, I just remember thinking like, I would just love if my progesterone was mm. a little off yeah. or something. Right. Like just a little something yeah. that could give me a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. Or to make sense. Yeah. To just yeah. like make sense of the yeah. issue or whatever. Yeah. Let's go back to you, Justin. Yeah. Um, you know, in sharing that. One thing that I think we often do in this community is we don't get give men the space to mm-hmm. say what they need to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they don't know what to say. Yeah. But I'd like to hone in on what you were just sharing. You know, if you're in that state of like, hey, I don't really want to go there with you right now because I can't for myself. 
Yeah. Like, how did you guys navigate that together? Um, and you still be, because you obviously are an awesome husband. Um, so how did you kind of navigate that with your wife? Yeah. So one thing that was really important for me was to make sure that she felt 100%. And I think, you know, after three or four years of marriage, if, if you're open to listening to your wife and learn yeah. from things, you, you learn what she does need. And so I wanted to make sure that I was extremely supportive for everything she wanted. So whether it was, hey, I'd like to go get checked out. It's been nine months. Typically we go at a year or something like that. But I'm going, okay, yeah, absolutely, let's go. And then any of the, the testings that we went to, whether it was a testing that was just a testing on me, mm. she was there for all of those. Yeah. Anytime we had a sit down or a consultation yeah. or anything, I would always take off work or I was at every single appointment because I wanted to make sure she felt uh, loved. But it, but there was a part of me that just kind of set my face to mm. saying, I'm going to continue to move forward, be an encouragement. Um, yeah. I'm going to be steady. Yeah. And, and so part of it, and I don't know if it was healthy or unhealthy, but mm. part of it was I'm not going to let her think that I'm going to break down mm. or or let too many emotions out that would worry her mm. uh, because I didn't, yeah, I yeah. just didn't want to worry yeah. her. Yeah. And I just think, you know, that's where the father just stepped in and just gave him supernatural strength to just yeah. carry me during yeah. those years because... Yeah. Um, I don't, I do, obviously I think with a lot of wives, like we look to our husbands as like the strong supporter in our marriage and all of these things. And for me, I think if I were to have seen him break down and be nervous about what I was nervous about, that yeah. it would really cause some anxiety mm-hmm. to rise in yeah. my heart. And, um, so I really think it was just the Lord. He just kind of stepped in and yeah. gave yeah. him some supernatural just strength to yeah. just keep going and to keep encouraging yeah. me. That's good. And especially if you're healthy, you're, you're thinking, yeah. Yeah. you know, I know both of us are healthy and, yeah. you know, some unexplained or whatever, but you're going at some point there'll be a breakthrough, yeah. right? At some point this is going to work. Yeah. Whether, whether we have to spend $5,000 or yeah. $20,000 right. at some point it's going to work out and it's going to be fine. And yeah. I can hang in there until yeah. then. Yeah, I think I think that was going through my mind on a regular basis. Of, yeah, at, at some point it will some let point up. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I think we'll it take us along. But uh, I love that. I think um, you know it's important that we kind of address that topic, and the reason why is because men and women are different. First of all, right? Like that's mm. not a new thing to any of us. However, I think that when you enter this space and women, men and women being different. And how they're walking through um, things that are unexplained, things that are traumatic, things that are just left with big question marks, um, and even things that challenge our faith. You know, at this point in the journey, you guys are kind of like entering that space of like, okay, like how do I navigate this? Yeah. How yeah. do we navigate each other? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important that we kind of keep that woven in as we talk today because it's the main thing. Like it's the two of you. You're trying to go after something that you both want. Yeah. And and in that you're going to approach it differently and in different ways at different times. You know, Jason and I, we've been at different places in the journey. Sometimes we're on the same page, sometimes we're not. Yeah. Sometimes his faith is like so deep and so strong and he's like in the ring fighting like I love Rocky movies. So like, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's in there and the music's going and he's like winning the fight and then I'm like sitting on the little bench over there like bloody and yeah I can't really stand and then there's times where it's reversed you know Mm -hmm. there have when we came upon the decision to um for me to have a hysterectomy and for us to step into a different space in our journey 
you know, Jason needed me to be in the ring a little bit differently than I had in the past. So we've had to take turns. Like yeah. we take turns getting in the ring to, yeah. together yeah. and then we tag team, uh, you know. Right. Um, but either way, the opponent is going down, right? right. Like we will win. And that's yeah. what I hear you saying, Dustin, is like, I just kind of kept my gaze on we're, we're going to get, we're going to yeah. get to this. Mm-hmm. So you, you're start, you've gone to the doctor, um, you're kind of in this place where you know that there's nothing physically wrong with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of was the next step? Like what led y'all into the next step? Um, so after we got all the test results back, nothing was wrong. You know, our doctor just suggested the first thing for us, which was yes. um, IUIs. Yeah. Okay. And so we did, um, I think our First one was in October. I don't remember. We can't remember. Was it yeah. the following, like, the following I think October? That's all right. No, I think it was like November or something. So we did. We ended up doing three IUIs, okay, wow. um, probably about like eight wow. months apart. Okay. Um, yeah. And real quick, and we'd also switched switched doctors yeah. as well. We went to okay. a fertility doctor. We just didn't like the facility. We didn't really like mm, the nurses. Or, yeah, we we walked in. We we just didn't feel great, yeah. mm-hmm. and so we switched to a different fertility doctor and loved him. Loved because the he workers had gone there. Through fertility mm-hmm. issues with him and with his yeah. his own family, and yeah. so I felt like he understood the yeah. emotional side of yeah. that, which was so comforting. To that me. is comforting. So we felt good about moving forward with doing some some medical mm-hmm. treatments, yeah. especially yeah. when we switched yeah. doctors. doctors. Can I yeah. jump in there real yeah. quick on the doctor thing? Um, we have the power of choice and I talk mm-hmm. a lot on, on here about advocating for yourself. Yeah. And if you've gone to a doctor and you've spilled the beans on where you are and you're not feeling a connection, you're not feeling a good energy with that doctor or their nurses or yeah. their receptionist, yeah. you know, don't feel like you are obligated to stay there. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I love that you guys just were empowered to be like, this isn't the right fit for us mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we, in our desperation, we stay in something longer than we should Yeah. because definitely. our fear starts coming in that, well, I'm so desperate for this. I'm scared. If I leave this space, I won't know where to go yeah. or I won't get to the right place. But for you guys to make that decision and be empowered yeah. to say like, Hey, we're going to find, the best fit for us. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. love that you guys did that. Yeah, That's and it really was the best fit for us. I That's mean, awesome. And when it turns out, um, actually one of my really good friends, um, she was at the Dallas location. Okay. Um, and then she transferred the same time that we transferred to the South Lake office. Wow. So I, not only did I have a yeah. great doctor, but I also had a friend, a, yeah. like a well, face that incredible. I knew yeah. throughout yeah. the entire process. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, we just, we loved our fertility clinic. That's awesome. um, so we did, like we said, three IUIs. And then I think it was after like the last IUI, we kind of were like, okay, we kind of just need to like, Take yeah. a break a little bit, and I would just say yeah. it. breaks are healthy. Yeah, breaks are healthy. To yeah. just re like come together and to just take a break because it obviously can just be so heavy every yeah. month. That's You're really like good. always expecting, yeah. being disappointed. And, yeah. Um, and then we did um, almost. I would it was say nine, nine months, months yeah. of acupuncture. Okay, yeah. Um, we so decided we, we'd kind of gone at a medical route, yeah, right? Yeah. And the doctor had said, typically people will try up to three IUIs, but mm. if you do more than that, the mm. stats just Go don't down. make a lot of sense for yeah. you to spend the money that yeah. way. And so the, the next <laughs> step would have been IVF. And yeah. so we thought, 
Let's try a more holistic approach. Yeah. Right? Let's before we that. jump into IVF. And to I be totally that. honest, I was so fearful of IVF. I yeah. was like, I do yeah. not do well with shots or with yeah. blood. Yeah. And I know there's a lot involved <laughs> right? with that. Um, it's no small thing. Yes. Yeah. And it was expensive, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we did nine months of acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I soaked my feet in tea. I drank. Yeah. She drank and a ginger ate tea a bunch of every single things. morning. I mean, um, I love it. Yeah. It was a lot of. A lot of it was yeah, yeah. It was essentially... we did the acupuncture once a week um yeah. Yeah. and again i didn't really love needles and here yeah. i am getting stuck with needles <laughs> oh yeah. man it was, um, was preparation i guess yes uh so we did that for oh. nine months and then um you know during that whole time like we did timed acupuncture mm-hmm. and yeah. all these things and of course none of that worked and so yeah. Um, one cool quick testimony I'll just share. Uh, so acupuncture can be expensive as well. Yeah. And I just remember on our way to our last, um, appointment and I was kind of just frustrated with the Lord to begin with, just frustrated mm. about everything. Yeah, like coming to the end of acupuncture yeah. and realizing, gosh, this isn't going to work either. Yeah. And I just told Dustin, I was like, you know what? I just would love if somebody could pay for all of our acupuncture because, mm. you know, I was just, I think I was just honestly bitter. I was like, we yeah. just spent so much money yeah. and that didn't yeah, work. Um, yeah. And I just love this because I feel like it just shows the heart of the father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said that in the car driving to acupuncture. And then three days later, Dustin comes home with a check from one of his, um, I think it was somebody in the office and just said, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to give you $5,000 for fertility stuff. And acupuncture was right around $5,000. And so that's that's just like, I don't know, just even in the midst of all the disappointment and the hardships, like the Lord was just so faithful with just little things. And I just remember thinking like, my gosh, he did hear me yeah. say that. Like, yeah. he really is present with us yeah, everywhere we good. go. It wasn't even a prayer that she prayed. Yeah, yeah. It, was just a, it was a conversation. Yeah. It was a like, conversation. I'm so frustrated. A frustrated yeah. conversation. And the yeah. Lord still honored my yeah. frustration and That's still good. wanted to just bless me. And I think yeah. that just even changed my heart and perspective mm-hmm. where I just thought, you know, if I'll, you know, be a better Christian or yeah. read my Bible more, or pray more, yeah. you know, just have this unhealthy mindset yeah. for a while. And, uh, I felt like the Lord just broke that. And he's like, I see you and I love you no yeah, matter what season you're in, whether you're that's frustrated so or mad at me, I'm still going to bless yeah. you because you're my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and nothing's wasted. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like when God does things like that, he's reminding us like, hey, you're on a journey. Right. Like you said, I see that, but like, I'm not going to waste what yeah. you're doing. No. Right. You don't have to pay for this. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a waste. Yeah. Right. And I think that's some something that when we walk through hard things, um, we say a lot of times, Jason and I, like, what's the purpose in this pain right now? Mm-hmm. Because I need to know that it's not wasted space in my yeah. life. Um, because this is really painful, you know, yeah. or this is really discouraging. So where's the purpose in it? Where's the way that God's going to choose to use it? Or where's the way that I can put my energy for it to be used, you know? Yeah. And that's honestly where this whole podcast thing like where's birth from was like a place of like something's got to come out of my pain right. you know <laughs> um this is not going to be wasted right. and so i think um what's so beautiful about the faithfulness of god in that story is just that like he's saying hey i've got you for one and two like i'm not gonna let this mm-hmm. be something that you feel is a waste yeah you know yeah. um wow that's incredible thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful. So you 
nine months you did acupuncture kind of what you already said like this was so frustrating (laughs) nothing happened you know what what was it like navigating those nine months together uh it was pretty difficult I just you know I was willing to try the holistic everything and I yeah I feel like a part of me knew that it probably wouldn't work because yeah. I just thought, well, we already tried IUIs. Like, yeah. why would it's almost like we did it backwards? Yeah. Like, maybe we should have done yeah. the holistic side first, then yeah. IUIs. So, yeah. but in another way, I feel like, at least in my heart and my mind, that was kind of a way for me to take a break from all the yeah. fertility yeah. medication, the yeah, side effects. Yeah, stress your body a bit. Yeah, and yeah. to just let my body be. Um, yeah. While also still trying to be intentional. Yeah, mm-hmm. about I would say, moving forward. Uh-huh. Yeah, our whole story is just one of being intentional and just mm, always seeking I love the that. Father and saying, "Okay, what's next? Let's yeah. pray about it." Yeah, but let's not pray about it too long where we yeah. get so fearful, uh-huh. you know, that we mm-hmm. just don't do it. Oh, that's yeah. really, that's really good right there. Yeah. Like don't pray about it so long that you let fear come in. Yeah. Right. right. Like lean into his heart for you, but then be willing to like step into what he's saying. Yeah. That's right. really sure. good. And that's kind of, Go ahead. I was going to say, we move forward and we walk with the Lord in all seasons of life. It's yeah. whenever he says, I want you to stay here yeah. for a while, yeah. or here's a decision that you need to sit on for a yeah. long time. Like if he's not, telling you to wait mm-hmm. then he's probably inviting you to move yeah, forward good. in whatever yeah. journey it is yeah. if you're going too fast he'll tell you to slow yeah, down or if he right. doesn't want you to do something he'll yeah. let you know exactly but he's a forward moving yeah. relational progressive yes. god yes he is yeah and so that was important good. for us to always be moving yeah. forward yeah and um and i just feel like that's kind of how we just started going into ivf and because yeah. i remember just praying being like Lord, I need a sign or I need yeah. like a date of when we're supposed to start IVF. Yeah. And I just so clearly, I remember sitting in our kitchen journaling and I just felt like the Lord was like, daughter, you can choose the date. Yeah. Like I'm going to be here with you every yeah. step of the way. Yeah. And if you want to step into IVF, I'm yeah. right there with That's you. Cool. Yeah. And I, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I have to have like an actual like... Mm. Because if we don't to say do it, December twentieth, and yeah. then I'll say yes. Right. Yeah. Because if we don't do it on the exact right date or something yeah. like that, well, we would have missed it. Or yeah. yeah. And I was just so afraid with um, I don't know why, but just with IVF, I was so afraid of like mm. me trying to take control of mm. trying to have kids. Yeah. And, um, so I was, you know, just believing that lie for so long. Yeah. And so when the father just spoke that to my heart that day, I was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna move forward with this. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did move forward in May of 2019. Wow. Um, and let's see, we'll just continue going into yeah, the whole it. IVF world. Um, it is its own world. It's a whole yeah, other world. It's a whole other oh, world. My goodness. Uh, we started in May of 2019 and, um, you know, they have you gone birth control for the first month and out of all the drugs that I did for IVF birth control is the one that made me the most crazy and most oh, hormonal birth control makes oh, me my crazy goodness, yes. <laughs> like we call it the crazy pill around here yeah. it is not good for me I was like <laughs> shocked by that Yeah. Um, what yeah. I appreciated though is you were able to say I'm pretty sure that I'm just having an episode <laughs> because of the medicine there are so many but, arguments that oh, we would have and I was that, like that's not me that's a medicine yeah, talk right. yeah but that, that, you know, let's go there for just a yeah. minute. Because I did um, a round of Lupron. Mm. And a lot of times they have you go on that when you're doing... So um, I did a round of, of Lupron without going into IVF. So yeah. there was nothing fully on the other side of this other than, like, we've got to try to get Bonnier to, like, feel better really is what yeah. it was about. Yeah. Um, yeah, worst decision of my life. Mm. 
Um, I so with it, you I also took like I think there ended up being like seven different medications I was on with oh, wow. Lupron. So um, when I was on it, I literally call it Loopy Lupron because <laughs> I lost my love and mind. Like I was driving to work one day and couldn't remember how to get to work. Oh my goodness. So I had to pull over and Jason had to drive and find me on the highway and drive me to work. Hey, I left my car running. Like I, when I say I lost my mind, that's I lost next my, level. It's like, next that's level. That's more than I was expecting. To it was. Say. It was bad. Like I was out with a friend, like three hour dinner, you know, just hanging out. The car was running the whole time. Oh my gosh. Not not just keys in the car. Like right. no, I wouldn't even been fine with like locking my keys in the car. I think that would have felt better. Than like leaving my car running. Oh, y'all. Oh, so when you so say fun. that, like, I I can completely relate to yeah. those moments where my sweet grandmas, they were both in town at the same time. Oh, man. And um, they're over, and I just, like, lose it. Like, over the dumbest thing. My parents are there. My grandmas are there. And I am losing it on Jason. And so my grandmas just start walking out the front door. Oh. like, like. I can't. And they've never forgotten. I scarred them for life. But I was just like, I just kept saying like, I can't stop. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm losing my mind right now. And it's not me, but I don't know how to quite stop it. It's like you're outside of yourself watching yourself be crazy. Yes. Maybe not. 100% agree. I was just blown away by how insane I felt when yes. I was on birth control and I had never been on birth control wow. before so it was a completely new thing for me but yeah lots of wow. arguments came from that oh, yeah. but we kept going that's right you so made us great through. yeah um so we started that process in May and then obviously moved forward with all the other shots and mm. all of that and um we ended up uh, they had to up my dosage for a few things when it started getting closer to the retrieval yeah. mm-hmm. to just get my follicles to just get bigger, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so after the egg retrieval, we ended up with, I think, I had, 20? I think they had wow. 19, 19, 19, 19 eggs were taken. Wow. And then 14 fertilized. Mm-hmm. And then after the five-day stem, stem blast? Six day, or, I think. I think so, stem blast. But essentially, we ended up with three okay. grade A yeah. healthy embryos. embryos. Awesome. Um, and then, so our doctor just recommended, um, instead of doing a fresh transfer, uh, yeah. he was like, you know, there's some... 20% yeah, there's a higher chance of yeah. increase success. of having it be frozen. Yeah. Um, For a month at least. Yeah, yeah. so we... Uh, let the, I always laugh when I think about, you know, just our children being right. frozen, frozen in time. It's such a... <laughs> thing that I never thought I would say um and we did our first transfer in August um and unfortunately that did not work Mm. for us um I just remember being so Mm. shattered and just so um again just going back to just being like Lord I did not understand like there's nothing wrong with us and at that point I had friends who had walked through IVF and they had a list of issues Mm. of different things and I just you know, and they would, they got pregnant yeah. through doing IVF and I would just look at that. I was like, Lord, I just, like, yeah, there's nothing understand. wrong with my body. Yeah. I do not yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, and there was just a lot of emotions, a lot of mm. just anger and, um, you know, just had been walking through disappointment and grief yeah. already for yeah. two and a half 
I don't even know, three years or something. Three years at a time. And so when we found out that the first transfer didn't work, yeah. um, it was just devastating. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so it's that. Difficult. Yeah. It was yeah. so difficult. Um, and because then, you, and you don't know how to feel either. Yeah. Right? Is, no, is, there's not a book for that. No. <laughs> no and yeah. we had so many. One of the things that I was just kind of taken aback by when, when I sat down and would process through it is I'm having to. As, as as a leader of, of our family and then us as a couple, we're having to talk about and make mm. decisions on things that I never expected to have to yeah. think through. Like, yeah. when does conception or life specifically happen, right? Yeah. Conception, okay, but is conception like when the sperm meets the mm. egg and the, the cells start multiplying? Yeah. Or is it whenever it attaches to the uterine lining yeah. and then yeah. and then blood flows through to that? Like, right. yeah. uh, or, you know, at yeah. what point does that have a heartbeat or... Yeah. Uh, are these children these yeah. three frozen embryos mm. they are multiplying cells so yeah. it seems like there's life mm, there yeah. and yeah and i just remember like, feeling so like okay how should i feel right yeah. now because it yeah. felt very much so like a miscarriage in yeah. a way because yeah for sure in our mind and just what we ended up just talking about and believing we're like well we just believe life happens at conception yeah. so conception for us happened in an you know yeah. unconventional way yeah. in a right. lab but we conceived yes, like sperm right. that egg and yeah. things were multiplying and it yeah. was a living yes yeah. little baby yeah in a pastry dish and yeah. so like um and mm. so for me when the transfer didn't work um it did feel like a yeah, miscarriage and a I think the thing sure. that was even harder is people didn't know how to respond because mm. they didn't know if it was kind of a miscarriage but yeah. kind of not or yeah. like is it oh, it's just that an I'm... embryo like yeah yeah no that's our dna like yeah. that's that's a, yeah that's us um, yeah and that but I, I think too like we we had to talk through and just have grace for people because yeah they Lots they're they're aware of that Lots something's of happened grace. because we walked in a vulnerable way of we yeah. let our close friends and family yeah. know what was going mm-hmm. on yeah. but they you know, do you reach out and yeah. s- and say and remind and say, "Hey, I'm so sorry that that yeah. that transfer didn't work," yeah. or do I just be quiet and let them bring it up if they want to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we had to kind of work through that. And I know that Andrea kind of felt hurt by yeah. by a few people who just didn't reach out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and we just yeah. worked through that yeah. to go. If you've not walked through this, then you don't know how it feels, yeah. Yeah. and we're not going to fault you for that. Yeah. 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 And I think that's so normal. Like. It's normal on your side, but it's also normal on their side. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I'm really passionate about helping navigate is bridging that gap yeah. Yeah. of how do you be a friend? How do yeah. you be a family member? Like, how do you be a sister? How do you be a brother? How do you be when you have people in your life walking through something that one, you don't understand yeah. Yeah. and two, they don't fully understand. So like, how do you come together on this? Right. Mm-hmm. right? And I think it's so important that we educate people Um, And especially, you know, all of us being in ministry, like there are a lot of people that are going through this, right? We aren't the only ones. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we learn how to pastor and lead people to be able to have those real kind of friendships, those real kind of conversations as family of like, hey, you don't understand and that's okay, but here's how you can walk with us or here's how we can have grace because they don't know how to, you know? Right. And so it, it really is an education thing. And it's it's a conversation thing that I think we have to start walking with people in. And not even just around infertility. But I think like when someone's having marriage issues. Yeah. When someone's addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. When someone is single and they're struggling in their singleness. Yeah. Like the reality is like we have to be able to lead people to have the awkward conversations. 
And my dad said this um, on the episode that my parents were on. He's like, a lot of times what happens is people don't know how to sit and you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. And so then what happens is they don't react well so right. or they try to do what makes them feel okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not because they're mean or they, right. they don't mean well, right. but you end up making yourself feel better mm-hmm. because you don't know how to make the other person feel better. Yeah. yeah. And the reality is I think this, this topic alone of infertility and trying to conceive and family planning, like it's just such a taboo of people knowing how to do that. Mm-hmm. And if we can just, teach people people in our culture in our community in our sphere of influence like how to be uncomfortable with each other yeah it's a game changer you know and so if we can educate ourselves walking through it and then educating the people that are in our lives yeah like they're going to be better people because you help them walk through your story yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah, i love that there definitely needs to be a bridge between all these little gaps just like you said because it's you know, it's not just with infertility yeah. and knowing how a sister or a friend should respond to our story, mm-hmm. but it's the same with, you know, yeah. we have friends who have walked through hard parts in their marriage yeah. and we don't have marriage. I mean, we argue quite a bit sometimes, <laughs> but you know, like that's normal. I don't know. Yeah, it's So like, normal. it is like one of those things where, you know, we don't, we haven't walked that yeah. journey, so we don't know what to say. And so just yeah. like you said, there does need to be like yeah. this bridge for so many different avenues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. things that people are walking through. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think it's one of the things that I found interesting and I think comical too, looking back on it is you're the person that's going through, like you and your spouse, you're going through a really hard season, but you find yourself having to pastor other people yes. because they'll say things yeah. that are extremely ignorant yeah. or dumb Yeah, and you just have to like yeah. help them yep. or have grace for them when you're hoping they'll have grace yeah. for you. Yeah. Just case in point, like so many people would just say, you know what? If you just don't think about it, like oh. it's stress and anxiety, like just don't yeah. think about it. And Andrea just would look at me trying. and she would say, if somebody else <laughs> tells me not to think about it, I get really feisty. Then so I, I, I feisty with you. you. It's hard for me to like control my face in those moments where I'm like, you yeah. know what? This is what you, I need to tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Like, right. Right now, you just need to shut up. That's yeah. what I want to say. Right. Just stop talking. And people want to say these encouraging stories of like, you know what? If you guys would adopt, oh. I can't tell you how many people adopted. Oh, and then right after that, they got oh, pregnant. So and many like, times have I heard that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's not helping me at all. No. I would rather you just, like you said, sit in my uncomfortableness, yeah. right? Jesus is about to resurrect Lazarus from the yeah. dead. Yeah. But he took time to weep with Mary mm-hmm. and Martha because they were in a season yeah. and a place where yep, they were good. hurting. And that's he said, knowing he's going to resurrect them so right. just sit with people yeah. and yeah. where they're at yeah. and sometimes you don't even have to say anything it's like true. just having a friend or something like that to just sit with me yeah. to yeah. either cry with me or to yeah. just sit in silence with me or to yeah. just simply be with me yeah. like that is just amazing like yeah. it would just yeah. heal so much I feel like yeah well and even just to say like hey I'm here I don't know how to be here yeah. right. right now to just right. be honest. so just know that I care and if you need something I'm here like if people would just end with that (laughs) like just say that and don't say anything else I don't need any suggestions but it's true like I think in our humanity we just get uncomfortable with not Mm -hmm. being able to fix things Yeah. Yeah. and really the reality is we don't need people to fix things when we're hurting and when we've gone through something traumatic or when there's pain present, right. we actually just need to know that you care. Yeah. yeah. And so how you can care is say, I don't know how to care. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I care. Yeah. So there's beauty in that. Mm-hmm. And and there's also a freedom from for them to be released. Yeah, pressure's off. Pressure's off from both sides. But it's true, Dustin, what you say, like 
I actually contribute one of the hardest things going through infertility and walking our story is actually not sometimes the actual physical pain. It's the fact that I do have to then overly care for other people yeah. when I'm feel like I'm dying inside. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's honestly part of it's part of it. Yeah. It's part of this story and this this piece that no one warns you about when you walk through IVF, when you walk through miscarriage, when you walk through stillbirth, you actually should be the one being comforted, like you said. Yeah. But unfortunately it's a burden that comes attached yeah. to this. And so I hope people will hear that today yeah. and have a new mindset of one how to yeah. educate people. And then to actually have the freedom to say, hey, I can't make you feel better right now, Yeah. but I know that you care, so let's just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to make you feel better. I don't have it in me. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> you so know. good. Yeah. Um, and just having an abundance of grace for people. Abundance just, of so grace. So many times, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I was like, you know what, I know that they mean well, because yeah. I know that they're hard, right. and I want to believe exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so... Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's his loving kindness Mm -hmm. that leads us to repentance. And I think sometimes if we would just show loving kindness and grace in that way, um, people come to a realization eventually. So so you guys have gone through IVF. It it didn't work out the way that you wanted. Uh Um, Kind of what led you in, because I I love that you guys are similar to Jason. I like, let's take this one step at a time, one decision at a time. Um, Kind of what led you into your next decision? Um, So... At that point, we did one failed transfer in August, and then, again, in my mind, I'm planned, and I'm, like, in one season, so I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what, let's just, I want to finish this season out well. That's good. And I don't want this to be hanging over yeah. me, so that happens, uh, I guess we did our second transfer in October Yeah, we took one month off to kind of, I think, reset mm-hmm. hormones. I think yeah. you have to do a reset yeah. on hormones. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. So we did that in October, and unfortunately, that was another failed transfer. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess before we go into our last transfer, which happened in January of 2020, mm-hmm. um, this is, I feel like the Lord really did just an incredible work in my heart and in Dustin's heart mm-hmm. in November, December of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, after that second failed transfer, I just remember being like, here we are again, Lord, yeah. like, why? And, um, and just to be totally honest, we were never the people who were like, we're going to adopt one day. Yeah. I had known so many people who mm-hmm. had said, you know, we, we're going to adopt one day. Yeah. We've always felt called to always or felt, something yeah, like that. That kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, I think I even told Dustin at one point in our marriage early on, I was like, I love the idea of adoption, but I don't know if I feel called to yeah. adopt. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Lord had a different story in mind Ooh. and I'm so glad yes. because it is just so beautiful the way that he just yeah. put so many things together. Um, with just us walking through yeah. pursuing yeah. He did a, adoption and all He did that. a really incredible job orchestrating it. Mm. The way that we would even think about or the way he would introduce different ideas mm. to us throughout the our fertility or inf- infertility process. Yeah. And so it was in November that Andrea started thinking and processing mm. through the, the idea of adoption and the Lord started placing that on her heart. December 10th of last year, we... We're driving back from a, an event. Worship, like a night worship night for young adults. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, we started talking about adoption. And mm. it was incredibly, it was such a positive and strong um, 
the way the Lord placed it on our yeah, hearts. I didn't so have words just, to describe it. We're it in the just car felt like and... a supernatural sense of this all feels so good, right? Yeah. Just talking about it felt so yeah. good. Which is also something you guys hadn't felt in a while. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. You yeah, haven't exactly. felt just yeah. that goodness around like experiencing something that you're both on the same. Yes, you've yeah. been on the same page. You've been on the same journey. But there's something about when God shows up in the midst of it and yeah. it's like, oh, this is so good. Like yeah. this feels so good. Yeah. I love that. And mm. so we, we, that night on the way home, we just both had felt like it was a confirmation. Mm. We decided right then and there, adoption is going to be part of our story. That's we still great. had one more frozen embryo. Yeah. And, but we said, you know, we want to have more than one child. We, yeah. you know, we'd like to have a, a larger family than that. Yeah. And so even if this next transfer works, yeah. the Lord is already so placed in our heart tonight mm. that adoption will be part of our story later on that we, yeah. we felt good about going into the... Uh, transfer, think, knowing and, and believing like adoption's not like the last option yeah. or then just the next right. step that people would yeah. do if or just adopting right right Don't you love at that all. phrase people use just, just adopt. adopt right yeah and so we felt great going into the last transfer believing mm. fully that God could yeah. do it yeah. but we also felt good about going into it that if it didn't work yeah we knew that adoption was going to be yeah. part of our yeah and something the Lord just really spoke to my heart in November. Um, I just really felt like I kept hearing him like adoption was always a part of your story. Mm. And it just took me a little while to catch up to his will for our life. Yeah. And um, yeah. and I just remember being like, oh, mm. okay, like yeah. let me process that for a little bit. Mm. And um, so just like Dustin said, it was very much so um, just, you know, adoption wasn't a second choice for us yeah. because for everything that doesn't just shared of yeah. like you know we still wanted to do our next transfer yeah. or our last transfer in January and and there's also other things behind that too like it yeah. costs money to keep an embryo frozen yeah. and it's yeah. not cheap right. and um and I mentioned this already but I'm always the type of person who wants to finish things well and yeah. I just I just felt like I just want to get IVF over with yeah. like I hope and pray that it works yeah but if it doesn't then we can move on yeah and yeah. I think at that time, I just needed to just finish well. Yeah. And That's so um, so we went beautiful. through our last transfer in January mm. of 2020. Mm. And uh, that did not work at all. And mm. I, ironically, like, I, um, mm. so the first two, we basically get a phone call. And Dustin was always with me when we got the phone call. Yeah. But for this last one, I just, I don't know. I was home alone. It was like a day before we were supposed to get the phone call. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a pregnancy test. Mm. And um, so I found out before Dustin did that it mm. didn't work. And it was some of the most like, uh, it was full of sadness, disappointment. Mm. But it was also full of like. A finality. Yeah. And mm. just an overwhelming of the Lord is with me right yeah. now. And for the first time. I was able to just grieve with him mm. because I would always grieve with Dustin and the father. But mm. at that time, Dustin hadn't, yeah. didn't know about it. And yeah. so it gave me this unique opportunity to just yeah. sit in my sadness with the father and be like, mm. Lord, I would have never imagined. I yeah. just not working for us, if, yeah. but here we are. Can yeah. you please be a good father and just comfort me right yeah. now? And, um, and it was hard, but it was also probably one of the most like, beautiful days in my life I mm. that might sound dramatic but like I just remember feeling so comforted by the yeah. father and um and he just 
honestly started just comforting me and mm. um, just started healing my heart in yeah. that. Well, that and time. you wanted to finish well. Mm-hmm. What a way to finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in that season, you know, like that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's really woven in y'all's story, which I'm sure you are obviously aware of. But I want to point that out for the listeners of like, you know, we want to speak hope. Like when you're in the yeah. midst of loss, after loss, after loss, after loss. Yeah. You you hope is really hard to find. Yeah. It's like a it's like a dark cloud versus like a light that it's supposed to be. And I think for you guys, I hope people are hearing how God's presence and his goodness is woven in your story. Yeah. So that um you could continue to find hope. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage people in that. Like know that the darkness is present. Like God's present, right? Cancels out the darkness, Mm -hmm. but his presence also just comforts the pain. The pain in the midst of the darkness is not negated by the fact that he shows up and brings light and comfort. And I think sometimes we're afraid to let him in because we don't want our pain to be, we don't want it to be negated. Like we don't want it to be something that's minimized or not valued or or seen like Mm -hmm. you know our greatest need is to need is to be known and seen in our humanity and and so for you guys like i hope people are hearing that you can allow god into those spaces right and still feel pain yeah right it it doesn't remove the pain but there's grace and there's hope and there's peace Mm -hmm. and there's the ability to get through the pain yeah yeah right and sometimes we stay too long in our pain because we don't invite him into that space out of fear of it not being acknowledged, yeah. but he's actually so good about acknowledging it, yeah. you know? Um, so I love that he, like, wrapped up's not the right word because that just sounds, like, so simple compared to what right. you guys have been through. Right. But to be present and to yeah. give you that um, yeah. ability to end well and to be prepared for, for whatever he has yeah. Yeah. for you. Yeah, definitely. That's um, really cool. So we took... Like a month, two month break um, of just obviously healing from everything that had just gone on. Um, And then, you know, kind of going with the theme of our story of moving forward and just moving forward with what we believe the Lord has asked us to do. So we started looking at adoption agencies. We knew we wanted to stay local. um, Yeah, I love that. And so we decided to go through Hope Cottage Mm -hmm. um, and worked with them and it was kind of a crazy season just because that's right when the pandemic happens uh i'll never forget right before we were about to like announce on social media that we were adopting and like also start raising money for the adoption process um because it's thirty thousand dollars and um it was the week that everything started shutting down and dustin he was like maybe we should wait a few days Mm. because people were like already losing their jobs and here we are asking for people to give money yeah I remember them like announcing that, you know, essentially the world is shutting down. Yeah. And and yeah. I think we were getting ready to post it on Friday. It was maybe Thursday and, and we were going to post it the next day. And I said, maybe we should wait for the weekend mm. just to see if all this whole th- thing blows over. Yeah. And what we'll post that it on Monday. Nice. Oh my gosh, here we are. Still here we are. But it didn't blow over. Yeah, and we decided to post anyways. Yeah. And because uh, I was yeah. thinking, we're about to ask money to help people mm. to, to help financially donate towards our adoption. Yeah. Our adoption when. Yeah. The economy's like just dropped thirty percent a yeah, day. Yeah. But we moved forward with it and it was so three and a half years of a lot of resistance and mm. no's mm. is what we felt like we received. Yeah. And then from the starting point, 
till the time that we walked out of a hospital mm. with our little girl mm. was right around three and a half months. Wow. And so uh, it took so exactly, cool. it was 84 days, mm. which is 12 weeks to the day wow. from the day we posted on, posted GoFundMe. And it was a vulnerable thing for us to say, we of can't, course. we yeah. cannot afford yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and it made me feel kind of vulnerable as a man yeah. asking for financial help. Of course. Um, not necessarily begging, but just putting it out there. Yeah. But I felt when we both, we felt so comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of feeling vulnerable, we felt comforted That's when people good. started surrounding us yeah. and giving. Yeah. And so exactly 12 weeks to the day, we raised $30,000. Wow. Yeah. We got licensed quicker than we would have. If COVID wasn't a thing, because Zoom wow. was able to help fast track some of wow. our process. Yeah, we did. Who would have ever thought? I know, right? right. We did five or four home, home studies, studies in, wow. in, in a week. eight days. Yeah, yeah, and normally that takes yes. months to do. Yes. And yeah. we knocked those out so quickly. And I just remember looking at Dustin. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh, this is going really fast. Yeah, every part of it was feeling like it was moving. Like there was wind in the sails. Yeah, rather than us having yeah. to be in the below the boat mm. rowing. That's With our so strength, good, there was such a wind in the sails. Yeah. It felt like we were cruising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so we got licensed. Uh-huh. And the typical wait time from the time that you're licensed to when you adopt or even mm-hmm. get matched yeah. is 9 to 18 months. Yeah. Five weeks after we got wow. licensed, we walked out of the hospital. Yeah. Wow. Which is, I mean, it's just that's a miracle. Crazy. Yeah, like, that it is really a, is a miracle that things happen so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and the other crazy thing, too, is... I felt like the Lord for the year 2020, he just gave me a word and I do this every year. I pray for a word. I feel like a lot of Christians do that. But anyways, um, and my word for the year was miracles. And I just really felt like the Lord just laid on my heart. He's like, Mm. you're going to see me do things that you never thought possible. And, um, and And was that tested or what? I know it was. And I just remember walking Mm. out of that hospital holding, our sweet baby girl and just thinking like you really are a god of miracles yeah. because yeah. here we are yeah. we raised thirty thousand in 12 weeks wow. we in a pandemic in, a in pandemic. the middle of the largest yeah. economic downfall yeah. crisis that we'd see yeah. in our generation and you know just so many little miracles that happen wow. even throughout the matching process and yeah. Yeah. it was the first that. our first showing she chose wow. us wow the very first one yeah. So, and you know, when you walk through disappointment for so long, yeah. you're kind of like accustomed to mm. be disappointed yeah. or just to prepare your heart yeah. of, okay, this might not work yeah. out or yeah. that kind of thing. And so for me, just a way to protect my heart, when mm-hmm. we started, I guess when we got licensed, I was like, okay, I'm going to prepare my heart. This mm-hmm. might take longer than yeah. I anticipate. I'm yeah. believing for it to happen quickly, yeah. but I'm just going to, yeah. you know, yeah. Guard my, my heart, heart. and yeah. um and so obviously to our surprise things just happen so yeah. quickly yeah um, wow so, that's yeah. amazing I think um one thing that you just said is I think no matter what you're going through in life it can be when there's barrenness in your life um you do kind of start creating this like mindset of okay great we're taking it one step at a time however like I got to be prepared for disappointment. Right. Yeah. Almost an expectation and, at some point. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, what's so cool about the God we serve is that, like, he's okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. right? He can handle the fact that we can have faith and in our humanity need yeah. to guard our heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I think is really important for people to understand is the moment that you start realizing that you're doing that, 
because I think there comes a time where it just is um, a, a tool to survive and that's okay. But the moment you become aware of it is the moment that you have to start shifting yeah. because if you don't, then it becomes a hardness of your heart. That's mm-hmm. really, really good. And so it's okay to guard your heart and to have those, yep. those feelings of like, I just don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, when it comes to the forefront and you realize it, and I think this happens in different seasons. So like maybe you realize it in one season and you kind of adjust, then yeah. you have a long period of time and you, you're going through something, you're going after something then you realize, oh, it's there again. And then again, a new season, and then it's there again. And I say that because, you know, Jace and I, I I would say we're currently in that phase of like, all right, we've just gone through a whole year of making the biggest decisions of our life and probably, honestly, the hardest season Mm. of our 19 years in our our story. Um, And just yesterday, I was sitting in this chair just journaling and I realized the Lord was bringing that to the forefront again of mm-hmm. like, hey, like you're a little too guarded now. Yeah. Don't let that harden your heart. Like right. there's still goodness ahead of you. There's still um, dreams. There's right. still goals to go after. There's still tenderness inside of you. Yeah. So like just be aware. And I think he's so faithful to bring it to our mindset. So I love that you guys are okay saying like, uh, we weren't quite sure and we just didn't want to get too excited or how insert whatever yeah. maybe your feeling is in that, but to also be able to be real in that because it, it's true. Like there is a, there is this natural sense. Everything is natural and spiritual in my mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got to walk it naturally of like protecting your heart, protecting each other. You know, you guys have talked a lot about that of being aware of each other and not, you know, letting the other person's feelings like take over right you've had a good balance of that but i think it's just so real that we come to the realization it's okay to have that but then just Mm -hmm. don't let it get right don't let it get your heart your heart hard so yeah um so you have your beautiful little girl tell can you tell us a little bit about her like okay i would love to hear yeah so her name is evelyn may rose erin Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll call her Evie May. Love it. And so she's she's Honduran through and through. I love that. So all we knew is that that the the birth Our mother family. and birth father were Hispanic. Okay. Yeah. And so um, it, it's it's a, a semi open adoption right yeah. now, which which we were thankful for. We wanted to be able to have that. Yeah. have that relationship with the yeah. birth mom, and there's love, love there. Love so that. that's an, an, you know another wonderful thing of, yeah. of in the future we'll be able to tell yeah. Evelyn, you know your your birth mother, she loved you, yeah. and still loves you, and hopefully yeah. that they have that you know almost relationship yeah. too. Yeah, that's but um, so we we got matched so quickly after we'd been licensed it almost yeah. caught us off guard yeah and so she was and then the the birth mother went into labor two weeks early and this oh, was wow. her first right and wow. she was a teenager oh wow and so we're going oh my gosh we weren't expecting two weeks early so yeah. we woke up on a saturday morning and at 10 a.m we got a phone call hmm. From our uh, counselor with the adoption agency, mm. and when you see that, you're not expecting that phone call. Yeah. And we've received phone calls before from yeah. our our nurse, fertility. our yeah. fertility yeah. clinic, yeah. and and it was always a negative phone yeah. call and a that panic that comes with yeah. it. We I had just a panic. Our hearts yeah. dropped. I was like, Oh no! Why oh, is no. she calling? We were that? in the nursery that we were building for Evelyn, oh, wow. and sitting on the floor and talking. And Andrea wow. gets a phone call, and so we answer it. Yeah. And she says. Um, just so you guys know, Evelyn was born 
this wow. morning at 2.32 a.m. or wow. something like that. And so she, we were like, what? what? And so we, this panic of, we got to go to the hospital. we got to yeah. do this. we got to do that. Um, it was exciting, but also nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Nerve they told us that Evelyn's mom was diagnosed with COVID-19 upon coming in. As oh, a patient, wow. they check yeah. everybody, and she yeah. was she tested positive. She was pretty much asymptomatic. Okay. But the moment that Evelyn was born, they took her to isolation okay. for and and oh wow, they had to do two tests on her twenty four oh, hours tests. apart. Okay. So for forty eight hours, the only person that's there is a wow. nurse who gives her a feeding. You know, wow. every so many hours, mm-hmm. we weren't allowed in the hospital and things wow. like that. And so there was just all this chaos in the midst chaos of a beautiful joy. Spring. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyway, so we actually get to walk out of the hospital on Monday with Evelyn. Wow. Um, all paperwork was essentially yeah. signed. That's um, amazing. And talk about Tuesday. like the most surreal moment of yes. my life. I just right. remember like care like him carrying the car seat wow. out. And I'm like, oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. It this was is the best. Happening. It was so yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah. But real quick, I wanna I think this is uh, you know important to capitalize on. We we had signed our end of the paperwork on mm-hmm. Monday. But because uh, the birth mother was in an isolated unit, mm. they couldn't do uh, a docu sign. They couldn't give wow. paperwork. They couldn't do anything wow. at all until she was released. Well, okay. I think she got released late on Monday, and they weren't going to be able to uh, finalize the paperwork with her on Monday. So they were going to do it on Tuesday. But they wow. said, "You're taking Evelyn home." Wow. But uh, paperwork. And you signed your signed. side of the paperwork, yeah. but until the birth mother wow. releases. And, and so there's her. some nervousness going on there too. Extreme nervousness, yeah. almost that guardedness that we had. Yes, yeah. And they said, you know, at essentially 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock mm. today, she's going to sign her paperwork. Wow. And The next day. Yeah, so for Tuesday. And then so we're waiting that entire hour. So oh. nervous. Yes. I mean, we felt... The pit in your the stomach. The pit was, oh. it was terrible. And so mm. it took so much longer than we were expecting because we yeah. thought it would take 15 minutes because yeah. it's just clicking. Yeah. Um, but... There was wow. a translator because she only speaks Spanish. Wow. And so that took a, an extended period of yeah. time. And the moment that we got a text message from our counselor and she said, mm. paperwork signed. She's all yours. Wow. We can't we can't describe just no. the I mean yeah. the break of yeah. all of the weight, all of the pressure mm. of, you know, practically four years of waiting and yeah. praying. Yeah. And all of that just broke. And wow. You know, to have that good of news shared, yeah. and so we hugged all three of us as a family. <laughs> and our dog we're Willow. crying oh, over. I love it. Uh, I immediately walked over. Dad mode just kicked in. It yeah. was really cool because I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't planning on if 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 paperwork signed. What's the first yeah. thing we're gonna do? But the yeah. first thing I did, I walked over and we got oil. We anointed the top mm. of her head and the bottom of her feet, mm. and just spoke Heronhood over yeah, her because our good. last name is Heron. That's great. And so we just. We just claimed her as, yeah. as ours, identity over yeah. her as a as a full on daughter That's um, awesome. of us, and yeah. Yeah. It, it was just That's a beautiful. It was a sweet, sweet moment. Yeah, yeah. what a redeeming moment, yeah. you know. And your faithfulness to lean into the heart of God as you know you've walked your story. And as we wrap up here, I'll I'll come back to you guys. I want to give you an opportunity to share just some little tips with anyone that's listening. But the faithfulness of God, leaning into that, right? Mm -hmm. When we lean into his faithfulness, it doesn't mean that there's not humanity still in front of us. Yeah. Right? But to walk the path of 
facing the difficulties, there is a grace and a peace that can come in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you guys for being faithful to walk the difficulties and the painful moments and the moments that nobody else could see, the moments that you could probably even sitting here talking on a podcast could not describe, mm-hmm. you know, those moments that are literally undescribable <laughs> and you've walked them leaning into the faithfulness of God. And I just want to say thank you for that because I hope that today people are going to hear hope, yeah, right? But also people are going to hear the ability to walk a journey, walk a path, no matter what that is, right? Intentionally. Yeah. And I think there's grace and intentionality when you know the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And it's not conditional on what does or does not happen. His faithfulness is just faithful. Yeah. Right? It's just faithful. It's steady. It's consistent. Yeah. Um, and so thank you guys for walking that and for being intentional and for sharing with us today the way in which we can all learn to take those intentional steps in our faith. Yeah. Right. Those intentional steps within our marriage, those intentional mm-hmm. steps, even within our own emotions, people have to be intentional with their emotions yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you're not going to survive if you don't allow your emotions to have a voice. No. Yeah. You're just not going to. You have to be intentional with them and just your intentionality as your own individual selves. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional with yourself yeah. to be able to walk something like this out and to come and have unity together. So yeah. thank you guys for doing that. Is there anything that y'all would share with couples out there that maybe have similar stories or even just um, just a word of encouragement you know, yeah. to couples who are just walking some painful things? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, the one thing that we were kind of talking about on the way up here is um, something that I would just encourage, you know, a couple that's walking through infertility is um one just keep yourself in check with where your perspective is at mm, that's good and um because I remember I read this blog post once um where this mom had just adopted and the title of it was infertility gave me you and it was her adopted daughter and I just remember that title of that blog I was like oh my gosh, like what has infertility given me? Because you think when you're in the midst of grief yeah. and disappointment and frustration and all those things, like you can very much so go down this hole of, oh, my life yeah. is horrible and yeah. so hard and all these things, which it is, and you're yeah. allowed to feel those emotions. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to keep yourself in check and, ask and take That's a step really back good. and say, yep. Lord, what, like, what have you given me in this yeah. season? And for me, when I would do that, every couple of months to just say, Lord, what has come out of our story mm. of just grief and hardship? Like, what's a positive yeah, thing? That's yeah. good. And I can name, I remember I was journaling about it one day, and there was just a list mm. of things that the Lord gave me. Yeah. That infertility gave me a more healthy marriage. Infertility mm. gave me a more intimate yeah. relationship with Dustin. It yeah. gave me, probably the biggest thing is just infertility gave me um, just a deeper relationship with the father. Wow, that's like good. I had never really known the father as my dad. Yeah. I had always referred to him as Jesus or yeah. the Lord or whatever. And yeah. he just took me down this journey of he being my father and that's I'm good. being his daughter. And yeah. so, so many things I could say, that's um, beautiful. but that was probably the it. biggest thing is just taking a step back and yeah. looking at perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I think one of the things that I would just say is in it's it's important to allow the Lord to write your life mm. in in your story 
in a way that that he chooses right yeah. he is the potter and we're the clay and, mm-hmm. and who are we to say something different and yeah. it was important for me to come to a place and I remember talking to Andrea about it too but it was important to me to actually come to a place in my heart where I didn't just think or say it mm-hmm. but I actually believed it of yeah. Lord, you know the desires that we have. And mm-hmm. watching your wife walk through the infertility and yeah. just the the deep, I've never seen such grief and mm. pain, yeah. you know, from the person that I love most in this world. And that hurts so bad, but yeah. still believing either God is a good God yeah. or he's not a good God. And yeah. I refuse to believe that he's not because yeah. the word says that he is. Yeah. He tells me that it is, and, yeah. and it's his nature. Yeah, And so watching... You know, somebody you love walk through that, but but still saying, God, if the message that you give us, that you mm. entrust with us to preach to the world or those who would listen, yeah, is that our greatest desire that we could think of, uh, you know, here on this earth post salvation or relationship with you is to have a family, and if mm. if if it's not your will for us to have that, yeah, we will still declare and proclaim yeah. you are a good God. That's good. And God is good. He's faithful. Yeah. He loves us. Yeah. And and so I think we, we, we did come to that place of saying, Lord, whatever. Yeah. We fully surrendered to you. We're yeah. not holding a bitterness back. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you good. you don't owe me anything. I know yeah. you want to bless me, yeah. but you don't owe me. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, I think for me personally, it took me a while to get there. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> because it's a hard place to it come is. to. Yeah. It's a hard place to come to the, yeah. that realization. Um, but just to piggyback off of what Dustin said, like, I think for both of us, we just knew deep in our hearts mm. that we were so confident in the father being a good father mm-hmm. and that he yeah. does have good plan for us. I mean, yeah. it talks about that in Psalms 103, five, it says yeah. he fills my life with yeah. good things. Yeah. And yeah. I just so often would repeat that over and over in my head. I'm like, mm. even though that transfer didn't work, even though acupuncture didn't work mm. and all these things, I'm like, he still fills my life with good things, yeah. whether I can feel it or see it right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm going to believe that because deep down there's just this confidence in both of our hearts that he is a good father. Yeah, that's um, good. And so, so I think good. for us, that was the one truth, I guess you could say, that yeah. we just both clung to. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I and love that. I think one thing that I would just say to men too, if, if, if there's a guy that's listening and I hope and, so. And yes. I hope so too. <laughs> uh, or if you're a lady and your husband's not listened to this yeah. and he should. Send then, it to him. Yeah, yeah, send this part text to him. Text the link. Text yeah. the link. There's something in the heart of a man that wants mm. to be stirred up to, to, to fight and protect for the things yeah. that he cares about. Yeah. Uh, but it just so happens that when it comes to things that are maybe spiritual or emotional, mm-hmm. we don't think of it as much. Like if somebody, yeah. a drunk man were to come up and like, you know, hit on Andrew or something like yeah. that, I could easily buck up, bow yeah. up and, and right. get in a physical fist fight, no yeah. problem. <laughs> but the moment that my wife's, Mm. mind and the lies of the enemy come mm. to against her and just the deep-seated emotional tie that a woman has with mm. whether or not she's barren and yeah. all that it is one of the biggest hurts and wounds mm. that that a woman could ever go through yeah. period and it's such yeah, if you will real. see it rightly men this is one of the greatest moments that you will be able to step up yeah fight for your wife yeah fight for her protection, care yeah. for her heart and prove yourself as a yeah. as a stable leader of your family mm-hmm. um and and godly man of, yeah. for walking and fighting for her and protecting yeah. her. And Same. so 
Turn some rocky music on and get in the fight. Yes. Get yeah. That's what I got to Just say. like what you yeah. said at the beginning. Yeah. And it goes both ways. Just yeah, like you it does. said. Like yeah. there was times where I had to step up and yeah. I mean, I, he definitely stepped up more often, <laughs> but there were times where I was, you know, I had to come yeah. him. And, yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. So it's just, that's you know, beautiful. it builds your relationship yeah. Um, yeah. so much. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Like yeah. I'm so honored that you would come and share your story with this community yeah. and just be open. And um, when you've walked something difficult, like, and then to come and like bear that, yeah. um, there's a lot of weight there mm-hmm. and it, there's a weightiness to what you've journeyed. And so thank you for allowing us to come and be a part of your story today. Yeah. I'm extremely humbled. I've enjoyed it so much. Yes, we really uh, enjoyed it too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for all that you're doing with this yeah, with this podcast. You. Like you said, you weren't even sure, you know, where the Lord's going to take it or what yeah. it's going to, you know, be fruitful of yeah. eventually, you know. But what incredible, mm. you know, voice that's needed. Thank you. Because there's, yeah. what is it, one in eight women yeah. walk through infertility or yeah. something along those yeah. lines. And how many others will go through a miscarriage or, yeah, or yeah. lose a child or something? Yeah, yeah. And you go, there needs to be more ministry yeah. available yeah. and help. And so yeah. you're you're doing something yeah. incredible. Thank you. thank you for letting us be, yeah. be, be part today. For sure. Well, thank you guys for joining Bear Not Broken. I'm so humbled and honored that you would come and be a part of this conversation today. And I hope that you have found hope. I hope that no matter the barrenness in your life, that you choose not to live broken.